resident witch Miranda and I am your resident wino crystal (laughs) (laughs) and today's episode is all about paganism slash witchcraft (laughs) yes it's about the witches and the bitches that have accused them (laughs) yes the witches and the bitches that have accused them (laughs) (laughs) So, for those of you who do not know, Miranda grew up in an actual coven. Coven. Mm-hmm. And I want to know all about it. Okay. I will definitely start from what I could remember. All right. Um, first disclaimer, the tradition that I grew up in is called the Narug tradition. So every tradition, every everybody's practice, they, they can be different. There's not one right way of practicing. So, so this is the way that I did. So it's kind of like Christianity with all the different branches. Yeah. Paganism has its own branches as well. Exactly. So um, my branch was called the Narut tradition. And I remember going to rituals, I think every month, and there were other families with other kids. And I always loved doing it because, you know, we would, um, I don't know, it was a community. Uh, The first thing we would do is we would start off with what we called a, a meeting dance. And It's really quite cool because everyone stands in a circle and we face outwards and we grab hands. And then the person who would be leading the line, um, they would just be holding one person's hand and then um, they would start like spiraling, you know, making our circle into a spiral. And we'd be singing a song while we were doing this. And um, it's it's like the song that we sang. They weren't really words that we speak in English. Um, it was just a repetition of a specific type of sound. Um, but it was kind of a beat. And eventually what happens is once the person who's leading, they spiral into like a circle, they'll turn around and start spiraling back out. And that's when we start being able to see every person. So during the dance, we're able to greet every person. You could choose to just nod your head, give a kiss on the cheek, a kiss on the lips in some cases for adults, you know, but you would do that. Um, you would greet every single person and by the time is so awesome and like we're all we're all singing the same thing while we're doing this and then by the end of the dance we're facing inwards you know how we started facing outwards yes we would be facing inwards um and i love doing it because i liked you know greeting everybody i would nod my head and i would smile and then sometimes um you know i'd get a little peck on the forehead from like my parents or you know my friends or something like that or or um one of my safe adults so it might seem a bit weird that there was like unrelated adults to me um not every one of them but they were sometimes they would kiss my forehead but i'm not gonna like some people might think oh it's so weird it's a cold it's like a sexual thing no it wasn't like 
one of the men in this um, coven, his name is George, and I loved him. He was such a safe person to me, such a safe person. Like there was never anything untoward or whatever, you know, and he was just like a fatherly figure because you know what? My father wasn't exactly very fatherly and wasn't really nice or whatever. George was great. And it's funny because he had a particular smell about him. It, he always smelled the same way. I loved that smell because I just associated it with him. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I found out what that smell was called, and it was patchouli. <laughs> <laughs> so patchouli is my favorite smell even to this day. And I even realized, or somebody told me that patchouli is a scent that a lot of heavy weed smokers use <laughs> to cover up the scent, the scent of weed. And that, yes. you know, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we would start with a meeting dance and it was great. The chanting, um, mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of, since you're not saying anything in particular, you're doing sounds. It reminds yeah. me of meditation, yeah, how maybe. you're kind of grounding yourself into um, bringing about a certain energy. Mm -hmm. into the circle but, or the yeah. the spiral and that just seems like such a happy moment yeah it was a good way to start it and I always loved the singing it made me like the song it was just I mean I could like sing it for you yeah um but it was very um well there was real words in it but yeah here I'll just do it so you'll understand okay yes, yes, don't yes, make yes. fun of me <laughs> um it was like Tau, tau, da, tau, tau, throughout and about. Tau, 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 throughout and about. Tau, tau, da, tau, tau, throughout and about. So we would just repeat that over and over. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. And then um, the so, next thing. You, oh, wait, hold sorry, on one oh. second. I'm just curious. Yeah. So were you born into this or did your parents um, merge? into this uh, um they merged into it because uh, my mom she had me when she was 14 years old so um she wasn't like pagan when she was 14 but it was really young I want to say I was probably like three or four okay and did you do rituals at your own home or just when mm -hmm. you met with everyone oh like for me personally yeah I did my own thing sometimes yeah and with and the, then your family at your home not so much with my family, and I did a couple times with one of my friends, too, but mostly it was just for me. I don't think I would have felt comfortable doing it with just my family because my family wasn't really that safe, you know. I, I think I have fond memories of being in a coven because that was a safe place. You know, my dad mm -hmm. was always on his best behavior. My mom was happy because she didn't have to, like, you know, deal with him. I don't know what it is. And then I had the friends and the safe adults that were there. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I had my own little altar in my room and Aww. I did my own little things whenever I felt the need and it comfort me because, you know, religion is really just to make you feel comfortable with life and death. Right. You know? mm -hmm. And that is something that did. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. So what, what would happen, um, after the welcoming? Um, then we would, uh, call the corners. And so we, we had different tools that we would use. So so sort um, of like um, that movie, The Craft. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sort of like that one. Uh huh. They actually had um, um, a real uh, I, I don't know if it was a white witch, um, but they had a, a real pagan on their set that guided them through everything. 
good for them for actually trying to go to authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because that that was like an actual spell or or, or yeah, at this point, it's not really a it? spell. At this point, it's just um, calling in the powers that be the powers that you want to come into your circle and like protect your circle mm-hmm. saying, hey, we are calling upon you because we want to, you know, I guess, pray to you for lack of a better term. And we're going to maybe ask something of you or whatever. So we would call in the circles and then we would kind of like protect it. Um, so nothing negative would be able to enter it. So like every corner had a different person calling it and they had a different object in their hand to represent it. And then the next section there was like um, incense. So somebody would um, say a uh, like a little chant with the incense. Somebody would say a chant with a sword and a wand. And then whenever we wanted to like finally like protect the circle, it was always like a, um, like a staff or like a giant staff. We protect the circle and then our circle is closed at this point. Like we are in our circle. The outside world is outside of the circle. And now we can get down to the business, you know, what we want to do, what we want to talk about. Maybe we're raising energy to help somebody get better because, you know, I remember one time we had a member who was really sick. And so we did a ritual for him and we at that point raised energy to help heal him. I know it sounds so like hippie. Well, it really (laughs) doesn't. And some people out there might be thinking that, but for the Christians out there listening, if you, if you think about it, it's just like having somebody coming, come to the altar or the front of the, the church and everyone praying over them or laying hands on them and praying over them. It's the same thing. It's just, Mm-hmm. N- not to the God that you believe in. Yeah. You know what? And I'm going to say I do believe in God. I just don't believe he's the only one. Um, but yeah, so this is energy raising we would do. We would like have drums or things to make music or jingle belts, that sort of thing. And we would just be chanting, singing. Some people would be kind of like wailing beautifully, you know, just to raise mm-hmm. that energy and everything. But that wasn't like all the time. That was if we wanted something specific. But um, at this point, like if we were doing this at like an equinox or um, maybe around like Samhain or Yule, then we would kind of do something that pertains to that particular um, like holiday. What is Samhain? That's Halloween. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Easter is coming up. So we would call that Ostara. And And what would Easter be to pagans? I mean, Ostara. Well, I mean. You're not celebrating it because it was when Christ was risen. Oh, yeah. So, no. Yeah. So it's a it's the rebirth of the sun god. Oh, OK. You know what? That makes complete sense because um, anybody that has actually had world history and learned about religions, you're taught that Christianity really came from paganism yeah. that worshipped the sun god that rose on the third day. Mm hmm. And I know people yep. out there are going to get pissed that I said that, but I'm not pulling stuff out of my ass. Like, this is actual history <laughs> and yeah. people get mad about it. But um, yeah. so that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> yeah, it was those kinds of um, when we had the special rituals that were for like holidays and stuff. Those are always super fun because we would also do activities or there might be a little skit or something. And then it was always fun for um, what we called Beltane. And I'm sure you've heard of Beltane. That's like a popular thing. I that, haven't. Um, oh, you haven't? Okay. So Beltane um, 
is pretty much the holiday for making babies. <laughs> oh, there's a holiday or, for getting down. Yeah, obviously I was a kid, so I wasn't involved in that whatsoever. But I was taught that, like, you know, this is a time that the animals come out. They start ha- um, making, having babies. Oh, and so the plants start growing. Springtime? Yeah. Okay. So, like, the plants start producing, like, they're fruitful. The plants are fruitful, you know? Or, like, you were, or, like, plant them at that point. I'm sorry. Because um, some of the stuff, like, you know, you can't really harvest until right. fall. Um, so, yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, this is the beginning of life. We will start here. So if we're planting things, we're planting them now, I guess, impregnating the ground, if you want to say it. And then in a while, we'll have some um, the fruits of our labor. So, or if you were an adult, maybe you'd make a baby. I don't know. Or just practice. <laughs> so you're just going with the flow of nature. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. And this is around the time where I started learning well, I think maybe when I was like seven or eight, when I started learning about different herbs. And again, there's a lot of like stuff. If you're on TikTok or something, you see a lot of people who are like, oh, make this fill jar, or, you know, do this mm-hmm. or do that. And they have a bunch of different herbs, you know, and there's some like basis behind the herbs. Now, I'm not saying that herbs are all magical, that if you're going to make a an herb jar and carry it around with you, that it's going to protect you from whatever. You know what I mean? Right. But I am saying that. When we have a sore throat, what kind of tea do you drink? Mint tea, because it actually does soothe your throat. Oh, you know? not lemon. That's interesting. Oh, I mean, lemon's fine, too, but I'm just saying, like, mint. Um, yeah, Ernie. mint. Or mm-hmm. if you want to sleep better at night, maybe you might drink some chamomile. Yes. Yeah, so I started learning about the actual real, like, real-life attributes that herbs have. So kind of like old-timey witches that are quote-unquote witches that were healers in villages, which Mm -hmm. I'll actually talk about in my story, so it's really cool that you brought that up. Yeah. So it it was – so I I got to learn about that, and um, I tried carrying that over into my adult life for, like, growing my own herbs, which um, here in the desert is unsuccessful if we're trying to do it outside because it's too dang hot. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, um, and a lot of the new age stuff that's going on right now, they're not really using the herbs in that sort of way so much. They do sometimes, but mostly I just see it where they're like putting it in jars and that's totally fine because it's your intention, right? It's just like if we're Christians and we're praying, you know, you'll go pray and maybe you'll have some prayer beads or you have some like, you know, a statue that you want to pray to. Same thing, somebody is going to make this jar that's going to help them focus their intention and to help strengthen their prayer. And that's another commonality with Christianity is they see um, Wiccans or pagans, whatever you like to call yourselves, um, they see them making these jars or other emblems and things and saying that it's for protection or it's for this and they think that's weird but yet they will hold their cross out to ward off evil spirits and things oh, like hold that on. my kid is knocking what <laughs> you don't have to tell me that <laughs> the dog Bale has brown bad breath. maybe there's an herb for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe there's an herb for that the next part is my real favorite part they called it sacred bullshit time. <laughs> no way. And, yeah, and that is the sacred bullshit Hold time. On. Hold on. Yeah. So did the kids say that? They're like, um, oh, yay, let's go. Let's go. It's sacred bullshit time. 
Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But that was a time where we would kind of take a break mid-ritual and we would eat. And we would, you know, drink. We had snacks. And sh- shoot you know? the shit. And shoot the shit. Exactly. You know, people would just talk and, like, hang out and socialize and eat. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't love food? <laughs> yes, exactly. And then after that, then we're going to start closing out the circle, which means, like, we're we're releasing the corners and saying pretty much, like, pretty thank, much you. Thank, thank you for being here. Um, now we're going to open back up to the world, but we're still, you know, protect- we'll talk to you later sort of thing. <laughs> Super interesting. Yeah. So and then oh, oh, sorry. No, 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 no. You go right ahead. Okay. And then this hasn't doesn't really to do anything with um rituals. It's just like we had activities we do too. So like if it was around Yule or Christmas, we would make Yule logs, which I loved doing because we would get a bunch of foliage from like um like foresty areas mm-hmm. and we would attach them to a to a literal log like a little log that you'd burn in a fireplace and then we just like decorate it make it beautiful and then we're supposed to keep those logs on our mantles all year round and then come next yule we burn it and we make a new one. Oh, and it's like releasing that all that good energy you put into yeah. it into your home or yeah. i imagine maybe i made that up but that's what i imagine mm-hmm. <laughs> And so there's little activities like that that we would do throughout the year for the different. Um, I want to know holidays. more about these little activities. That's exactly what I was going to ask you a moment ago. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> like what other holidays um, activities did you do for holidays and what were the holidays? Okay. Um, so I'm going to start with winter. So, of course, we have Yule. But <laughs> before that, we have um, the winter solstice. Well, Yule, which is our system. We're sorry. But like what I'm talking about before that, winter solstice is December 21st. Um, and then Christmas, everybody associates with December 25th. But um, for me, Yule, winter solstice, it was like the same thing. But anyway, so um, during that time, yeah, we would make our little logs and for an activity. But one of like the rituals that we did for that is because um, the winter solstice literally is the shortest day of the year. We have the least amount of sunlight mm-hmm. on the winter solstice. So the tradition is to stay up all night Ooh. just to make sure the sun comes up. <laughs> to, to, to stay through the long night. And then, you know, there's I bet that much, was like, one of your favorites as a kid. Yeah, I would pass out. Like, I would not say, well, <laughs> I would try. But I know the adults would stay up and, like, um, party. So all of my experiences are as a chi- in a child's perspective, not from an adult's. Unfortunately, um, by the time I became, like, an older teenager, the leaders of the coven, they moved to a different state. Oh. And, yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, it just kind of tapered off there. But I still held on to, like, the belief systems that um, – um. I'm going to want a tangent here, but then I want to come right back to where you were. Um, So you said leaders. I -hmm. want everyone out there to know that doesn't mean just because there's a leader that it makes it a cult. Because guess what? If that's true, then Christianity and churches are just as much as cult, you know, culty as paganism. So let's not go there. Yeah. (laughs) And they weren't controlling and controlled everything about your life. Right. So they did not. Okay. <laughs> they did not. Um, and when I mean leaders, I mean it was like the high priest and high priestess, mm-hmm. you know, the people right. who would like organize. Um, but yeah, so they moved and we had a couple of coven members move with them, like follow them there. So it just kind of like broke up at that point. I wish it didn't. And I always wanted to like, you know, continue it on. I did get a copy of the ritual 
that we like the basic outline of the ritual mm-hmm. later on in life so I can like, you know, utilize it myself. However, because I mean, the Nauru tradition, there is like a like a society of it. So, you know, if you wanted to become like a high priestess or high priest, you can't just be like declare yourself. I'm a high priestess. I'm a high priest. Like you actually have to go through um, some steps before you could even get there. Like there's a whole like initiation process, too. So it's so it's like um, if you want to become a preacher, you have to learn. You have to become a a master of what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to show that you have the ability. You can't Mm -hmm. just be like, you know, what? I want to be a preacher. I'm going to stand up here and start preaching. Yeah, that that's culty. Yeah. Yeah. So you would have classes, you'd have to teach classes. It's a it's a whole thing. And I would love to go through that process. But when I looked it up online, there is no group close to me at all. Oh, you can start one. (laughs) I guess. But then I would have to still go through the steps to create an established group, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, I mean, I'm always trying to get you to move to Arkansas. And if you come here, I would gladly join you. <laughs> what? I am all thinking. about nature. <laughs> um, okay, so continuing like with the holidays that yes. I remember. So, um, you know, we stay up all night for winter solstice. Then comes around Easter or, or Ostara. And that was fun, too, because um, I don't remember all the activities. I feel like it was different activities that we do about then um, about that time. But I do remember like seeing a bunch of skits and singing a song, a new song. It's not new, but one of the songs that I loved to sing. Um, I'm going to sing it. So yes. <laughs> um, it's about Persephone and Demeter. Oh. And so it's just like plain and simple. People know about so Persephone and Demeter. So. Were these gods that you guys um, worshipped or? Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so did you, are these like old Greek gods that you worshipped? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Um, so mm-hmm. <laughs> Persephone, Persephone, maiden of the springtime. Now's the day you know the way to come back to the sunshine. Demeter, Demeter, waiting all the winter. Close to your she all in green. Her daughters come to greet her. I love that one. <laughs> That's so much fun. That would be one to s- skip rope to as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was another song and I liked it. And just thinking about um, what spring and the new growth and everything meant. Oh, and there is this one time. Okay, we went on a hike at this place in California called the Devil's Punch Bowl. And before you think, oh, the devil's, oh, my God. No, it had nothing to do with, like, the devil. They call, the locals called the devil, like, the wildcats who lived there in the mountains. You know, the bobcats or mountain lions, all that stuff. So, Not like devil, devil. <laughs> anyway, so I was, I think I want to say eight or nine years old at this point. <laughs> and we go on this hike and we are split off into groups because like the the coven leaders, not all of them. So we had the main leaders and then like we had other adults in there too. They had set up checkpoints throughout the hike where we would like go talk to them, hear their spiel, reflect, see what they're seeing, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we continue on on the hike. Such a great hike. Okay. So I was grouped up with these, um, 
two boys. They freaking ditched me. I'm a eight, nine-year-old kid, and I'm left in the wilderness by these older boys, and I'm just, like, going along the trail because I'm alone and I need to find somebody. Asshole. Okay? I know. But, like, fortunately, I felt safe enough, and I knew people were around, and the trail was very obviously marked. You know, so Mm -hmm. I just knew that I had to follow the trail and everything and I would be fine. So at one point, though, I really had to pee. I had to pee so, so badly, but I was too afraid to, like, take down my pants and pop a squat, you know. But so I just peed my pants there on the trail, you know, because I was afraid. I really was. I was like, somebody, something's going to come out and bite my butt if I go and pop squat, you know. I'm like, I'm not about to, like, die from a rattlesnake. But, I mean, again, I don't. My kid. I don't. I was. I was also thinking that a cat was gonna come up and bite my butt cheek. You know, if I decided to. <laughs> One of those squat. devils. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just pee. <laughs> Mama, pee the devil bit me. <laughs> yeah, and then I continue on, and then um, I remember finding George in his little area, and then I'm leaning up against a rock, and he's talking because at this point it's kind of down by the creek, at the Devil's Punch Bowl, and you know he's talking, and then I um step away from the rock and there's a wet mark there's a wet spot (laughs) and he was like oh it seems like you're wet there and I was like yeah I kind of got wet you know there's water around (laughs) yeah I I, he probably didn't believe me I don't know but I just continued on I just continued on the trail all by myself and when I look back and I'm like why wasn't he concerned that I was all alone like, he knew that I was supposed to be with the group. Well, he probably knew the area and knew mm-hmm. you were safe, but it's so much bigger and scarier to you as a child. So Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I continued on and stopped at the stops. And there is actually this really incredible natural formation of the rock face on the way up from the bowl. Because, like, it's a bowl, so you hike down into the bowl, and then you hike back up. Um, and this mountain face... Again, natural formations to me, when I look at it, it looks like Hades and Persephone. Like I see a devil with devil horns and I see a woman's profile with long hair, you know. Um, And that's what what it was pointed out when they're like, oh, what do you see here? And then I was like, oh, this is what I see. And they're like, wow, yeah, that's what you, you know, that's what I see too, (laughs) sort of thing. (laughs) I could send you a picture so you can post it on the Facebook group. Yes. Yeah, so that was really cool what we did, and I still to this day love going to that hike. I go on that hike quite often with my husband and my son. Did you guys um, ever ever forage for stuff? No, we can't really take anything. It's a national park, so you can't take anything from there. Um, you know, Adam, my husband, did propose to me there at the base of one Aww. of the waterfalls. That's cute yeah. pictures. Um, I would have to find them. They were on an old camera, and it was like damaged. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's really I love the hike. And now with all the rain we've been getting in California, but the water's great. Well, if we there. can ever visit you, I definitely want to go on that hike. Yeah, you I'm should definitely. It's great. All about being in nature. That's where I'm headed <laughs> right after this. I'm going to go out into the woods and stay there. <laughs> nice. Lucky. Yeah. Um, what other holidays? Oh, um, okay. Then I talked about, um, Beltane already. And that one, I'm sure you've heard about a maypole. Wait, wait, um, wait, Beltane was the one about, um, making babies. Yeah. Growing <laughs> fruits and vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> so there is a maypole sometimes that, that we would do. And it's that one was always cool because, you know, uh, we all have a hold of a ribbon and we boys go one way, girls go the other way. Um, so that was always that cool. would be fun. Yeah. And then there is one time one year they even set up this giant maze for us oh. and there was um people playing characters like pan um <gasps> yeah <laughs> so how did they and make like the fairies. maze like what what were the walls oh um they put up like thick dowels and connected sheets like oh. sewed sheets to them essentially and just like slipped them on that way that would be so awesome yeah it was like a midsummer night's dream theme oh my gosh yeah. this just sounds wonderful <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's really great. And then, of course, you have your celebrations around the solstice, all the solstices and equinoxes and stuff. Um, but, um, that's the, the gist of it. No, 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 and, no. You forgot my favorite holiday. What did you do at Halloween? Oh, Sour, okay, Samhain. Samhain, yes. Yeah. Um, I love Halloween too. I, I have no problem with people with me. I call it Halloween on the daily. Um, sometimes when I'm watching like shows or hearing people talk about it and they say Samhain, I'm like, what mm, the heck? No. Because that's, that's how it's spelled. It's spelled like you would say, call it Samhain, but it's not. It's Samhain. <laughs> um, so that and, one. And why you're, what are you celebrating? Is it the same thing? Like the bad, you're getting rid of the bad spirits that are coming out, dressing up to scare them away? Is... Um, now I'm going to be honest, that part I don't remember about like if we're mm-hmm. dressing up to scare them away. But what I do remember is the idea that the veil was thinnest during that time between mm-hmm. like the um, like spirits and the living. And it was just a nice sort of like a pause, like you would just pause and reflect on those who we've loved and lost. And um, like I said, this this is the one holiday, even though it's like the best holiday that I don't have many memories of um, doing rituals and stuff during that time. But I do remember um, that there that there were things. And it was always kind of like, I don't want to say solemn, but it was very like serious, like serious, but also mm-hmm. after the serious, um, had fun. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is there anything, um, remotely similar to trick or treating? No. Nothing like Mm-mm. that. Oh, okay. No. For that matter, um, Easter time or, um, what was that called? <laughs> Ostara. Ostara, yes. Uh, was there anything kind of like looking for eggs or looking for mm-hmm. something? Yeah, we would look for eggs. We would, we would oh, do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that's nature. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, and oh, why do we have fertility. bunnies eggs? Yeah, exactly. Eggs, fertility. Bunnies, you know, those things make babies like crazy. Oh my gosh, that's where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> that is freaking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, now, oh, that's great. Okay. I can't get over that. Yeah. I did want to share one more thing about like a funny memory that I had while doing a ritual. And it had to do with my safe adult, George. <laughs> I remember one time, you know, he was like kind of waiting his turn to like say his part. And um, apparently he had farted because like, okay. <laughs> All right, so I need a little bit backstory. 
the people who are participating in the ritual, not like, you know, all, all the people in the circle, but the people who have words to say and actions to do, they will wear robes. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's pretty much just like a long dress, essentially. Okay. A long ass tunic. So anyway, a long ass tunic and it's belted at the waist. They have like a, um, a cord that they would belt it with. Anyway. So like so a monk. Yeah. Like a monk. Yeah. So he apparently he had farted because I looked over at him. I didn't hear, I didn't smell it, but he grabbed his collar and kind of like fanned it a little bit. And he goes, and his nose like wrinkled up and he went, oof. And like his eyes, his eyeballs squinted. And I just saw him like mouth, oof. <laughs> the things you remember. I know. It's like such a random thing. Like he just grabbed his collar, fanned it a little bit. And said, oof, with the scrunched up nose and oh, eyes. Oh, George. <laughs> I know. Oh, George. <laughs> Man, I kind of wish you would be able to reconnect with him. I just, still have him on Facebook. Just, and let him know just how important he was to you, yeah. how he made you feel safe, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could always, I, I have the opp- opportunity to do that because I still have a connection with him on Facebook, at least. He'd probably really uh, appreciate that. Yeah, I could see that. You know, also side note, but still kind of having to do with George. George had a, has a son named Tyler. And ever since I was like two or three years old, I was like, I'm going to marry Tyler when I grow up. <laughs> like I had the biggest like crush on this child. I mean, he was a little older than me um, forever, but it never anything. No, nothing romantic ever happened between me and Tyler, though. I did trust him a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like we even had like a Valentine's Day friend date together Aww. where like he um he oh, made yeah, me Valentine's Day. I'm sorry, tell me about that and then I want to know Valentine's Day. Um I don't recall anything for Valentine's Day. I'm oh. sure there was something for the adults. But You're like, no, we had a we had a whole thing about fertility. We don't need Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, um but what did he make you? He made me like rosemary chicken. It was really good. He's a really oh. good chef. And then he gave me a massage, right? And then again, this is this is how I'm just explaining how I felt safe with him. How old at were this you? point at this time, I think I was like 16 and he was like 18, oh. um, I believe, at that around that age. Um, well, anyway, so I went over to his house and then he gave me a back massage. And I'm going to just tell you, and I'm sorry, mother, parents or whoever's listening. Um, it was a shirtless back massage um, where he just I took off my shirt. He massaged my back and he it got my legs down like it was a legit like if I went to a spa to get a massage, you know, and. He did not try to go for a feel. He did not grope. He did not linger on any spots, nothing. And then, um, you know, once the massage was done, put my shirt back on. We watched a movie or something. I can't remember what we did after that, but we just hung out. You know, it was great. Like, he yeah. he made me, like, a friend Valentine's Day thing. Okay, so speaking of that, I'm going to take my headphones off and just very quickly take my shirt off because I am burning up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this closet because it's it's better for acoustics or non-acoustics or whatever the fuck. But our air conditioner up here is broken, and it happens to be hot in, out of nowhere. It's just hot all of a sudden. So Maybe it's just that it. solar wind coming from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I was so freaked out when I texted you that, and then I read the article afterwards, and I was like, oh, it's normal. <laughs> Hold on one second. Okay. Oh my god, that's so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but speaking of nudity, was that mm. ever a thing <laughs> in the group? Okay. 
again, I'm going to tell you my my perspectives were from a child, not from an adult. Unfortunately, I never got to be an adult in the coven. But yes, I do know there were rituals that the adults participated in where they were nude. Okay. And usually they those were the um, initial like. I don't know if it was just these rituals, but they were initiation rituals. Do you know if it um, involved sex or was it just like, you know, you're just in your natural form nature gave you? I think the official ritual, it was just like, here's your natural form. We accept you as you are. You accept us as we are, you know, type of thing, like bearing your soul to each other. But I 100% know some coven members were getting down and dirty on the DL. <laughs> oh, I'm on the sure. DL, not during I am the ritual. Sure. Yeah, I am sure that the coven members, like the adults, I am sure they had orgies at some point. You know, why not? They were all too close. I feel like sometimes when I look back on it and I'm like, dude, they were probably just a big polyamorous polycule, you know? Just, <laughs> polycule. But we never, like, I love we that. never. Yeah, I'm just I'm sure it was. I'm sure there were some sort of connections, but the kids were not exposed to that. And the only reason why I do know that some things went down is because my mom told me when I was an adult. And then so did my dad tell me, told me some things. Yeah. Well, there you go. And yeah, so I never knew about that as a kid. And I only found out about that when I became an adult and and I asked about it. And whoever is out there listening and it's prude and icky about it get over yourself (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's your they're consenting adults and it's nature band sex is natural yeah you know i totally am for the polyamorous lifestyle if that's what you want to do honestly for anyone that's like oh no you can never go against monogamous marriage blah 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 if it's consensual and there's no issue with it and everybody's happy why the fuck not okay exactly get over yourself why not because i'm like you know i guess loving somebody else wouldn't take away the love that i have why for the print yeah why uh put out that light of love all it is is sharing a fondness for each other yeah. Even if it's and, not like love, love, it's still just like a fondness for each other. Like, mm-hmm. wh- why snuff that light out? Exactly. And that's when I think about like how I felt about George, you know, how he was kind of like a like a parental figure to me, even though he wasn't a parent. But you know what? Maybe him and my mom were getting down and dirty in the sheets, too. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's why, you know, I felt so safe with him. Maybe I'm forgetting a memory, you know. Because mind you, like I said, this was when I was a kid up until when I was about mid-teens, mid to later teens. And now I'm a 30-year-old woman, so it's been a minute. (laughs) Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You have these beautiful memories, Mm -hmm. and it made you feel safe and loved at a time when you didn't feel that in your own home. So Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, and I, like... It was sort of like heartbreaking, I guess, whenever it's like for me, whenever mm-hmm. it kind of got disbanded. Um, I can only like imagine. Like the group members left. So, yeah, that's I'm like. I have a lot of fond memories of that time in my life. And I do wish I was able to like 
was able to grow into an adult in that environment and just like really see maybe maybe my experiences are seen through rose colored glasses maybe my experiences are jaded and I don't remember a lot or there is other there you know what I don't remember any of that at all I just remember the safety I remember the happiness and I obviously have remembered the lessons that I've learned about that and I carry it with me as an adult I think if there were bad or unsafe times um, even if you didn't remember them, I feel like you would not have such a strong memory of feeling safe. Yeah, probably. So I, I truly believe that you did feel safe, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, and honestly, if anybody out here is listening that happened to know what Kevin I'm talking about or whatever, and you know something did happen bad, don't tell me. Please don't ruin my, don't ruin my memories of but what I know. But because... if you do know of that coven and, or you were a part of it, email us at, at witchin and winein.com and that's W-I-T-C-H. What did I say? At dot com? Yeah, at dot com. <laughs> W-I-T-C-H-N. A-N-D-W-I-N-E-N at gmail.com. Bravo. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, but yeah, reach out to her. If you know about that coven, if you were part of that coven, reach out to her, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Please. (laughs) Um, But again, don't ruin my jaded rose-colored glasses. Yeah, don't be a dick. Of like the times that I felt happy when I was a kid. But anyway, Crystal, I know you had some stories come up um, that come about um, the witch trials, right? Well, it's not the Salem witch trials. Hmm. Hmm. Um, It's something else that everyone probably has heard about. And the story is kind of familiar to me. But honestly, I feel like I have never heard of it before, which is strange because apparently it's like one of the most famous stories. Um, because if this had not happened, the Salem witch trials might not have happened. Tonight, I'll share with you the true story of the Pendle witches. The events took place in the 17th century in 1612. When 12 people were accused of murdering 10 people by use of witchcraft. And that I'm confused about because my sources, that's what they said. 12 were accused 10 of murdering 10 people. But as the story unfolds, it's a little different, but maybe most likely I'm missing details, um, you know, because it was mm-hmm. in 1600s. <laughs> of the 12 accused people, six came from two families. These are the most important families in the story. The Dimdike family and the Chaddix family. The Dimdike family was headed by Elizabeth Southerns, also known as, and what I will call her throughout this story, Old Dimdike. And the Chaddix family was headed by Anne Whittle, also known as Mother Chaddix. The families had been rivals ever since a member of the Chaddix family broke into the Dimdike family and robbed them of goods equaling to about a hundred pounds in today's money. So during this day and age, witches weren't so much as seen as evil. Um, yes, they were feared, 
but people were also fascinated by them. They were known to be healers dealing with herbs and magic for medicinal purposes and other things they could use to help people in their villages. It was King James who was the first to spread the hatred of witches. He wrote a book called Daemonology and instructed his readers to condemn and prosecute practitioners and supporters of witchcraft. And his views became law. The Dimdike and Chaddix families lived in Lancashire. Old Dimdike had been, for the better part of 50 years, known to the village to be a witch. It was an accepted practice to be a village healer. However, things changed in 1612. Lancashire was seen by others as a lawless place with wild people that sympathized with the Catholic Church. Because back then, being Catholic or sympathizing with Catholics was a no-no. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, in 1612, each Justice of the Peace in Lancashire was instructed to compile a list of those who refused communion or refused to attend the church. So now, dear listeners, we know the mindset of those in 1612. Let's get to the nitty gritty of the story. Allison Devis was traveling along a road in Trodden Forest. It is not for certain whether she was traveling this road as a beggar to passerbys, but as she passed by John Law, that is what she did. Allison asked John for some pens, which I assume is what money was back then. I'm not sure. John refused to give her anything. Shortly after this exchange, John Law suffered a stroke. Of course, he blamed Allison for his this misfortune. John brought the incident before Justice Knoll, claiming Allison had cursed him. When accused, Allison confessed that her familiar spirit came to her in dog form and asked if she wanted John harmed and that she told the devil to lame John Law. Allison then accused her own grandmother, Old Dimdike as well as members of the Chaddix family of witchcraft. Yes, the entire village knew of Old Dimdike, and as far as the Chaddix family goes, it's likely that she was taking revenge for when a member of their family had robbed their family, had robbed mm. the Dimdike family. So familiar spirits, I just want to stop and ask, did you guys believe in familiars? Uh, yeah, you know, I actually had a familiar at a very young age. Um, his name was Onyx. He was, I know this is going to sound so cliche, but he was a black cat. Ooh. <laughs> um, my mom found him. She told me she found him in a desert and I had been asking for a cat for a long, 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 long time. And so she picked up this little black kitten and brought him home. And I remember whenever um, she brought him home, uh, I saw, she was like, Amanda, have you been good? Like, have you been a good girl or something like that? And I was like, what? Yeah. And then I look at her shirt and there's like something moving under her shirt. And I, <laughs> and I just knew, I was like, you got me a kitten? You know, Aww. it's like, I just knew like it was not even like a beat. You know, I saw the movement under her shirt and I knew it was a kitten. So and then she's like, yeah. You felt a connection. It's not like every animal you have is your familiar. It's a yeah. strong bond, a connection. 
Yeah, exactly. And this cat, you know, he was definitely my cat, my like, like I saw him, like, it's like we connected and he was, you know, cats have notoriously, like, they're not really social animals with humans unless they want something. But he absolutely adored me. I adored him. He would come when I call again, like he was an outdoor indoor cat. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I put my head outdoor because it was nighttime and it was time for bed, I'd be like, on Vaughn, it's bedtime. Come on in, kitty. And then like maybe three minutes later, he would come like I never knew where he was, you know, (laughs) but a few minutes later he would come trotting up and get ready for bed. And then we would go go to sleep. We would go to bed. You know, it's like sometimes I'm like, how did how does he hear me? Because I knew that sometimes he would go down the street. He he wasn't like always with an earshot. This cat lived to be like 20 years old. Oh, my God. Which is really old for a cat, specifically even an outdoor indoor cat. This cat even lost part of his tail. A part of his tail friggin fell off. (laughs) And he survived that. Yeah, he survived any potential infection. And if you call me a creepy or not here, I don't care. But I have his ashes still. And I have his giant paw print. Heck yeah. I have his giant paw print. And his paw print, like maybe I'll take a picture of the paw print too, send it to you so you could upload it. Massive freaking paw print. Does not look like a paw print of a cat at all. So it would just give you um, a kind of an indication of what Onyx, you know, looked like. I definitely want to see it. Yeah, so I haven't, um, unfortunately, had a familiar since, even though I've had many, many animals since him. Though the closest I have been feeling is my new dog, a little dingy pup. Um, is that the one with some, bad breath? No, he, <laughs> my son was saying Bale had bad breath. Um, um, and he is, yeah, I'm feeling something with him, I feel. And even though, like, I, I have two cats, Ursula and Gwen, um, you know, they're great cats, but I don't feel that same sort of like. Oh, I, I oh, know yeah. you love your animals. You are. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like you love your animals and you would, you know, lay down your life for them. It's. Yeah. It's more than that. Yeah, it is more than that. It, it really is a, a connection. I've I've definitely had those connections. Mm-hmm. I've had pets my whole life and. I had a cat named Picasso. I only spoke mm. to him in French. <laughs> he was my everything. He would anytime, you know, I moved back and forth between Arkansas and New Mexico mm-hmm. my whole life because my parents were separated and I would just go back and forth all the time. And every time I would go to Arkansas, my mom would say that he would just disappear and she would oh. never ever see him. But the second it could be a year or more, but the second I would pull up in whatever car, didn't matter if it was a different car, the second I would pull up, he would come running straight to me, Aww. and all of a sudden, we would have him back, and yeah. that, that was my cat, man, and then I had a cat named Green Bean after Picasso died. It was Green Bean, and he was Green Bean because I knew this kid, probably a freaking sociopath um or his brother was he was a friend of mine and he said hey my older brother's about to drown this cat for fun with his friends Um, can I bring it to you and I was like yeah absolutely so I was like in eighth grade so he brought this cat to me it was an all-black cat with these bright green eyes like electrifyingly green Mm -hmm. and it was this little kitten 
and he was sitting next to me on the couch. I had a plate full of food, tons of like meat and everything on there, potatoes, whatever. And he just reached over and grabbed green bean and brought it oh. to his mouth and ate it. And then he just kept oh. reaching over and he just kept eating the green beans. Oh. And anytime I ever had green beans on my plate, he would completely ignore the meat. Didn't care. He just wanted green beans. And his eyes That's were so, so green. So his name was Green Bean. That's so cute. And so he was my my little dude. And now oh. it's my dog, Tedward. <laughs> Tedward Theodore Bear. And he just had a birthday. And he's 15 and can barely stand. Oh. Sometimes he can't. He can't Pretty. hear. He can't see. But he is the love of my life. And he is my soulmate son. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, we really do. There is sometimes just special connections between yes. people and pets. And, yeah, I love it. My my cat, just go on a little tangent here in a second. I'm sorry. But um, you know how cats like to bring you gifts? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Onyx, I remember one traumatizing moment. I was laying <laughs> on the floor with him, and I was wearing, like, a baggy, like, nighttime shirt, right? I was laying on the floor, and he would, um, like, like to go under my shirt and just, like, snuggle up, right? Yeah. So, laying on the floor, and I feel him snuggle up on in my back, right? Because I'm laying on the floor, and how many times I'm going to say laying on the floor? Anyway. <laughs> Four? Three? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, he, he crawls up into my shirt, like normal, and then, cool, yeah. We're, we're hanging out there for a little bit, and then he decides to leave, but then I felt movement still in my shirt, Ah, uh, and then I stood up because like, what is that? I went to feel it, and then I'm like, oh my god, it's a mouse! Not only was it a mouse, <laughs> it was a mouse that was in half, and it had its like entrails <gasps> no hanging out, and it was still partly way. alive. Yes, and it was like kind of dried onto my back too. I'm like, what? I'm going to have nightmares uh i mean i'm like thank you onyx i love you too i mean it didn't really traumatize me too much i was just like oh gross you know um but when i, I think about it i'm just like God. i would be traumatized i love mice give me a mice a mouse give me a, a rat i will cuddle them give them kisses blah 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 but something about a wild rat coming into my house, I tr mm -hmm. I literally turn into one of those people that jump on their sofa and, like, kick and scream, and they're like, ah, mm -hmm. mouse, mouse, that's yeah. me. Yeah, I think we were used to it, bringing them, bringing in animals. Like, we had another cat named Morpheus, and... <laughs> Yeah, he was a hunter, okay? He took down a barn owl, too. That's how Cle Miss Cleo yeah. is. Yeah, so he would often bring in... A barn animals. owl? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yep, this cat took down a barn owl. Dang, yeah. Miss Cleo takes would... down, like, these giant kang... I don't know if they're kangaroo rats. I don't even know if we have those here. But I swear to God, they are so big that it, they look like baby kangaroos. And <laughs> because we live next to... A, well, we live on a golf course and um, big fields and everything. So there are mice running around outside and she'll take these things down. They look like baby kangaroos. Even their feet are long, like freaking kangaroo babes. And, Interesting. And Miss Cleo is tiny. I call her my forever kitten. She fits in like my hands like a <laughs> like not, she's just the tiniest thing. But she is a hunter. And one time. <laughs> She chased or put, I don't know, one of those fucking kangaroo rats in our cook. 
cushions of our couch and I didn't know and then there was a weird smell in the house and then it smelled worse and then it smelled worse until (laughs) I was like there is something dead in here I used to work with dead people I used to do their makeup and fix their boo-boos I know that smell and sure enough there was a giant dead rat in my couch and I am still traumatized by that and I screamed and I called everybody on my call list to see who can come and get this thing and then I poured bleach (laughs) just poured bleach literally poured it all over my couch did you keep the couch yes it was freaking (sighs) I wouldn't I wouldn't but we had it specially uh fabriced what what the fuck is that called Upholstery? Thanks. We had it specially upholstered with special fabric from Lazy Boy. So it was too, and brand new. So it was too expensive to just give up. How did the bleach pouring (sighs) help it? Well, I mean, it's a light gray color, so it just made it nice and clean. (laughs) Oh, okay. But it's a fold-out bed, and so I had to, like, scrub the hell out of all of that. But bleach, baby. Bleach. (laughs) My best friend. Okay. All this tangent we went on. I know. Anyway, back to your story. Jesus. <clears throat> okay. Where the hell was I even? Uh, all right. So where we are right now is Allison Devis, which is part of the Dim Dyke family. Dim Dyke. Yes. She was walking <laughs> along the trodden, uh, the road to Trodden Forest. She was begging supposedly asked john law for some whatever he said no he had a stroke he blamed her for it took it to justice Knoll, um saying that she had cursed him allison confessed and said that her familiar spirit came to her in dog form and offered to take care of this fucker old and um, then she accused her grandmother, old Dimdike, and other members of the Chaddix family of witchcraft. <clears throat> and that's where we're at. So, with this new accusation, deaths that had occurred in the past came into question. Because all of a sudden they're like, hmm, did these people over here die of natural or whatever? Or did somebody curse them? So, the past deaths of four other villagers were now thought to be caused by Chaddix. Allison's own father had, while on his deathbed, once accused Mother Chaddix of causing his illness. More accusations were soon made. Allison's brother, James, accused Allison herself of previously cursing a local child. Allison's mother, Elizabeth claimed that her mother, Old Dimdike, had a mark on her body where the devil had sucked her blood, leaving mm. her mad. And for anyone that's confused with all these names, I'm going to post on our Facebook page, which is just Witchin and Winin. I'm going to post a um a graph of the family tree. And really, once you look at that thing, this is not hard to follow. Because, trust me, at first I was like, who, what, huh? (laughs) 
All right, so <clears throat> after further questioning, Old Demdike and Chaddix both confessed to selling their souls. With all of these accusations and confessions, in my mind, most likely given out of fear, mm-hmm. suspicions rose against others. Makes me wonder why they would confess if they knew that. I feel like it was going to be. It's just like a false confession um, in today's standards. Mm-hmm. When people are like, just, were they tortured? Or they're something? broken down so hard, you know. They feel like if they finally confess, it'll be over. Well, they're not in a room with one or two detectives questioning them back then. You know, they're there with everybody yelling at them and screaming at them and, and making comments and throwing stuff at them or whatever. You know, so it probably moves along a little faster to them getting to the point of. Hey, maybe I sh- if I confess, it'll stop. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that because I, I know we've probably we've already discovered, like historically speaking, that many um, confessions are done forcibly like that. Yes. You know? Yes. So suspicion began to rise against other people. For instance, Anne Redfern. She was Mother Chaddix's daughter. Anne had a hobby of creating clay figures. When hearing of this, the judge detained Anne, as well as Alizon, Old Demdike, and Mother Chaddix, to await for trial. It was then that James Devis, Allison's brother, held a meeting at the Demdike house. I'm not sure the exact purpose of this meeting, but I assume it was to brainstorm how to free his family. For this meeting, James had acquired a sheep. Again, I'm left curious. I can only imagine he stole the sheep from his neighbor to acquire a meal for those in the meeting. Mm -hmm. However, the villagers of 1612 Lancashire likely thought a stolen sheep plus a secret meeting equaled witchcraft. Whatever the circumstances, mm-hmm. when the judge heard of this, another eight people were detained for questioning and later to be tried. Mm. By the end of April, 19 people were arrested and sent to Lancashire Castle where they would await for their trial. On the first day of the trial, Allison's mother, Elizabeth Devis, was accused of three counts of murder. Her son, James, was accused of two, while Allison was to stand trial for what she had done to John Law five months before. Elizabeth defended herself and denied the accusations. However, Allison's sister, which is most important in this story, Allison's sister, Jeanette, spoke against their mother, Elizabeth. Jeanette stated that she witnessed her mother's familiar spirit appear as a brown dog and that her mother planned to kill various members of the community. Jeanette also spoke of the meeting her brother had held at their home. She said it was a meeting for witchcraft, naming her mother, brother, and other members of the community as attendees of the meeting. Jeanette continued to say 
there were plots to blow up the castle and kill the governor to free those that had been imprisoned. Elizabeth, because of her nine-year-old daughter's testimony, Jeanette, was found guilty. As for Jeanette speaking against her family, it is said that Jeanette was the illegitimate child of the family. She did not have a father, so it's said that Jeanette spoke out against the family because she felt isolated from them. Mm. She had a grudge. Allison spoke out simply because she believed the witchcraft's power her family had was real. A parish constable took Jeanette's brother, James Devis, to the meeting location, so their home, the Dimdike home, where James unearthed a wax figure and some teeth. These were considered evidence of the supposed witchcraft that occurred there. Although, I think it's likely the figure was an arts and crafts project and the teeth were the children's baby teeth that were kept by their mother. But to <laughs> each their own. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still have my kids' baby teeth. Right? So, um... Definitely not doing witchcraft with them. They're just in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're a witch, so you're evil. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, what they're doing is, if you're into arts and crafts or scrapbooking and keeping memories... You need to burn. <laughs> mm, yeah, because we can't have no women remembering things. <laughs> can't have them bring it up against us. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette also said that there were witches at there at the meeting riding on flying ponies. She said her brother James had been a witch for three years and she had seen his familiar spirit kill people. Jeanette accused other people as well. This, this is crazy. The court set up identity parades. Their version, parades. Mm -hmm, their version of our criminal lineup. Jeanette looked down the line of people and picked out who were witches. Mother Chaddix's daughter, Anne Redfern, the one that made the little figurines out of clay. Mm -hmm. She had already been acquitted of murder. But as the identity parade commenced, Jeanette identified Anne Redfern as a witch. As for Allison's trial, John Law had forgiven her. However, because Allison was unable to cure him, she was found guilty. Old Dimdike didn't make it to the trial. She died in the dank dungeons where the accused were kept on August 20th. 1612. Ten people, including all of Jeanette's family and some of her neighbors, were taken to the Gallows Hill and hanged. The ten that were hanged were Anne Whittle, Anne Redfern, Elizabeth Devis, Alice Nutter, Allison De Devis, James Devis, Catherine Hewitt, Jane Bullcock, John Bullcock, and Isabel Roby. The story doesn't quite end there because, well, because karma is a bitch. More than 20 years after this tragedy in 1633, Edmund Robinson accused Jeanette and 16 others of witchcraft. Jeanette was accused of killing Isabel, wife of William Nutter. All of the accused were found guilty. However... Physical evidence was demanded. 
Eventually, Edmund admitted to lying. So Jeanette was acquitted, but she was not allowed to leave Lancaster Castle until she paid for her stay at the castle during the trial. There is no known record of Jeanette Devis after 1636. I don't know what happened to her. Um, and what makes this case most fascinating is that Jeanette might be the very reason why the Salem witch trials was as bonkers as it was. Wow, Before Jeanette, the president. Exactly. Before Jeanette, children were not permitted to give legal testimony in court. Jeanette paved the way for this to be an acceptable practice. Therefore, during the trials in Salem, many accusations and testimonies were given by children that led to many deaths. And that, our dear listeners, concludes my story. I like it. You know, I had never heard of that either. I haven't heard of that right? at all. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I'm, it was very fascinating. And also, when you really think about it, simultaneously heartbreaking. Right? And what you know? the fuck, Janet? Yeah, I mean, it's like you'll never know someone's motivations, you know, for doing something. But like things like this just really makes me want to just like just want to know things. They need to be held accountable. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, when you're responsible for like that much, I don't know. It's just sad. And then when when you do think about the witch trials anywhere. And it's not like like she didn't know that she was having these people killed off yeah she knew sometimes when i really think about like the afterlife or things i'm like i wonder if there's ever any i guess remorse for certain things or certain people you know when they realize question wow yeah um speaking of which what did your coven believe the afterlife was like i know in the past you said that um they believe that they could choose to move mm-hmm. on to a new life here, kind of like in our past lives episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious, like what all, yeah. what were the beliefs? That was, that was the belief. Like we get to choose what we want to do afterwards. We could choose, do we, do we want to be reborn? Do we want to go to like, you know, heaven or live nice? Do we want to be um, a spirit guide? Do we want to be like, we just literally, had control over our afterlife and you know what that aligns with some of the ideas and beliefs that um, i'm seeing people have on tiktok you know how i mean i know we briefly talked about this before but about how um before this life and after it we get to like review how our life went decide what we want to do and then mm-hmm. choose our path, you know, mm-hmm. and aligns with that. So that that's yeah, that's what I believe. What I've always reincarnation. Believed, yeah, or like I said, you can just choose to live out. I guess live exist out your days. So did <laughs> in you, your heaven and. So yeah, did you, that's what I was gonna say. So did y'all believe in, like that there was a heaven or a hell? Um, not so much a hell that you know what. Um, Christians believe in like where you go there to be um, like punished tortured. or whatever yeah tortured but like an underworld we believed in but was the underworld isn't like an evil place because you know it's just what it is what it is um what was it like but, the underworld um obviously like spirits maybe um confused 
spirits or so just things kind that of you just need to doomed to be there and think about what happened. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I don't recall much information on that. I just know that it wasn't um the typical belief. Of, do you remember? Like, oh, do you remember if they were able to ever leave the underworld? Like if they came to a realization or? Yeah. Um, because obviously, you know, we we definitely believed in like Persephone and Hades, and Hades is obviously the ruler of the underworld. So we, it's just a different part of the the world, a different part of nature. You know, things die and need to be reborn, or you know that sort of thing. Like it mm-hmm. just, it it it's just there, and that kind of like is comforting to me. You know, thinking that you can just decide, like what happens but also at the same time I was like I wish I could remember you know past lives <laughs> yeah that would be that would be awesome. awesome and it would help you grow as a person yeah yeah I mean I, I get obviously I get the idea behind like not knowing what happened prior so you can have um you know authentic natural unassisted experiences but Sometimes I'm just like, man, I feel like I was definitely a man a few times in my past life. Faux show. I think I probably <laughs> was at least once or twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I could see that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it is making me feel better. And then, of course, with the experiences that I've, I've already shared on a previous episode about um like my grandma and all the other things too. So those kind of things might be scary to some people like, Oh, ghost things is moving. This is moving, but it actually makes me feel more comforted. Like, okay, it doesn't just end. Whatever you believe, or if you believe in nothing because you're not sure, you can find comfort in knowing that whatever happens is a natural process. So whatever happens to you, it's it's a natural thing and something that has happens naturally isn't going to damn you forever yeah exactly and um despite what any religion out there thinks i don't think that somebody would be damned to a place for all eternity for their misdoings during their life what kind of horrible being would do that to somebody everybody makes mistakes and yes there are horrible people out there horrible people but if some being is making you we know that these horrible people like sociopaths Mm -hmm. they were literally born that way they are scientifically their brains are scientifically built that way to not be able to feel emotion. Why would somebody create something like that and then be like, oh, you can't feel emotion or empathy and you acted on it like this? I'm going to damn you forever. That makes no sense. Yeah. I just I just don't believe that. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's wrap it up. I I've yeah. got to get to um the middle of nowhere and and chill out in the middle of the woods because <laughs> that's what I need right now. <laughs> okay, so 
If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like, maybe even that subscribe. That would be amazing. Yes. And as always, if you have any stories to share or have any questions, email us at witchinandwinin at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-C-H-N-A-N-D-W-I-N-E-N at Mm gmail.com. And email us your stories, people, whatever it is, whatever you think it is, anything weird, awkward, um, taboo, (laughs) you know, witchy, we want to hear it. We want to share it. Check out our our Facebook as well. We don't have a lot on there right now. Obviously, we're just starting out. Um, but we do have some things posted from past episodes. And I do plan on posting from this episode. What were you saying you wanted to share with us, Miranda? Um, a picture of um, that rock face at the Devil's Punch Bowl. Yes. And a picture of my cat's paw print. Yes. And also um, the family tree to tonight's story, the Pendle Witches, a family tree for the Dim Dykes and the Chaddix family. So, yeah. Uh, so we do post stuff that's that goes along with what we're talking about that can help you out a little bit or give you some insight. So check out Witchin' and Winin' on Facebook. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Kids are creepy.